are in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 106. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. What are you doing right now? You could pop by there, have a delicious lunch, either inside or outside on the deck. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, big story is in fact, and again, folks, I've um, I said a lot about uh, my incident uh, with the police and so forth. You can see it um, on, if you go to face, uh, excuse me, on the website, dipetro.com. But I, I want to get to this new Channel 12 poll regarding the governor's race. And the window is closing. Early voting starts a week from today, believe it or not, for the September 13th primary. It's too early. Uh, there's way too much mail ballots, ballot harvesting, collecting ballots. That's not democracy. There are no mechanisms to uh, check it out. Um, I want to play. This is the Channel 12 story that they aired regarding the poll. Of 4.9%. Both McKee and Gorbea are essentially tied, but our pollster Joe Fleming says Helena Folks has gained ground, and with such a high number of undecided voters, this race is still up for grabs. Right now, the race looks very tight. With just a three-point margin separating the front runners in the Democratic primary for governor, 12 News political analyst and pollster Joe Fleming says voters should expect to see a lot more of the candidates on TV in the weeks leading up to September 13th. I would assume the candidates are going to really uh, load their campaign advertising from September 1st all the way to September 12th. Comparing the latest results to our poll in May, McKee has gone up just three percentage points, Gorbea 2%, Folks 8%. The number of undecided voters dropped 16%. Dan McKee is very well, well among males. He's getting 34% of the vote there. Nellie Gorbea does better among females. But the thing to keep in mind, Helena Folks is fairly close among the female voters. So you have to assume she may be cutting into Nellie a little bit with those females. Voters. But the poll finds many voters currently backing one of the candidates say they're not fully committed and could be motivated to switch. 36% of Democratic primary voters say they won't change their mind before Election Day, but 42% say there is a good chance they could change their mind by September 13th. So four out of ten voters could change their mind. That's why these next four weeks are going to be critical for these candidates. Now, the winner of the Democratic primary for governor will go on to face the winner of the Republican primary between Ashley Kalis and Jonathan Riccitelli. Tim White, 12 News. Well, I, as much as they're saying uh, primary between the two of them, um, I, that that is, I, I, I don't. I mean, Ashley Kalis is not just going to, right, she's not just going to win that. I mean, she's going to. Uh, that that's there's no semblance of a campaign. I don't know that guy uh, that is running against her. Uh, I don't believe he's ever held office. He's just he's one of those. I'll give him this though. At least he's running in a primary. He's at least he is running in a primary. But some of the others, I, I just you know I enjoy folks. And again, good afternoon. I'm not dodging uh, the the fact that I am in the news and so forth. It, I, I've said is about as much as I can say or worth saying uh just in the last hour but the um the whole business of some of these individuals like that dr monez who channel 12 i'm glad they're not going to include him you wouldn't know who he is of course you don't know who he is he's at one percent of the vote in the democrat party he ran for governor four years ago he shouldn't have he's never been elected to office as Dan McGowan said, it's like he's running a city council race. Uh, these people, I, I don't understand unless they can truly make a difference or they have um, some kind of power and pull to get an issue across. You know, like I, I'll give an example was Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was unsuccessful, 
But Bernie Sanders had real impact on both 2016 and 2020, as a matter of fact. But these people are not like that. They're not like that. All right, I want to play. Channel 12's poll also talked about the stadium. And listen to this. Headquarters, and we continue bringing you results that from our exclusive 12 News Roger Williams University poll. One of the hot button issues emerging in the race for governor, the proposed soccer stadium in Pawtucket that will be funded with at least $60 million in taxpayer money. Good evening. I'm Mike Montecalvo. And I'm Shannon Heggie. With less than four weeks to primary day, we wanted to find out how primary voters felt about the proposal. Target 12 investigator Tim White is here now with the exclusive details. We asked more than 400 likely Democratic primary voters if they favor or oppose taxpayer funding for the so-called Tidewater Landing Project. Many gave it the thumbs down. Chairboats, yes. Last month, Governor Dan McKee cast the tie-breaking vote to greenlight a new state funding plan for a waterfront soccer stadium in Pawtucket, bringing the taxpayer tab for the facility to at least $60 million. A new 12 News Roger Williams University poll of likely Democratic primary voters finds 35% favor taxpayer support for the stadium, but a plurality, 44% oppose it, with 19% not sure. Overall, not great news. Not, not great news. With the soccer stadium looking unpopular, 12 News political analyst and pollster Joe Fleming says McKee's Democratic primary challengers have already used it against McKee in public comments in May in paid TV commercials. If they see it as a way to attack Dan McKee on this issue because he was the deciding vote on the loans, they may do that. But Fleming says attack ads can backfire, especially in multi-candidate races like this one. If candidate A goes after candidate B, well, you might bring candidate B's numbers down, but the voters may not be going to you. They may go to candidate C, D, or E. And it is a tight race, as we revealed on 12 News at 5. Our poll finds if the Democratic primary for governor were held today, 28% of voters would choose Dan McKee, 25% Nellie Gorbea, followed by Helena Folks at 14%, Matt Brown at 8%, and Luis Daniel Munoz at 1%. 21% of the voters are still undecided. Primary day is September 13th. Tim White, 12 News. Now, folks, what is, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, it's 114 on this Wednesday. What What is frightening is what Governor McKee is giving away, giving away in an attempt to try to grab this primary. He's writing all of these IOUs to the unions, and they're going to come collecting. And it's going to be a heavy price tag. And the ballot harvesting that is going on with this race is, again, this isn't a democracy. McKee reports most cash for final primary stretch. Now, I am sticking with my prediction that Nellie Gorbea will win this primary. Not that she's going to win it outright, but she's got the voting list. They have turned our elections that they are not legitimate, and they're all decided on, ba- on, on grabbing ballots and ballot harvesting. That's what Rhode Island elections have become. And this time, someone said to me, hasn't it always been that way? No. Brongo, watch the number of mail ballots that are going to be turned in. I also disagree respectfully with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. He thinks that 20% of the votes will be for the primary now will be mail ballots. I disagree with that. In 2020, the the percentage was 65% of the people voted before the polls opened on Election Day. 35% of the people, and by the I, I still maintain, and that was a lot of Republicans that voted on Election Day. I am sticking with, I believe, the way this is being constructed, it's going to be even higher than that. I think this time around, I would love to be wrong, but it's going to be north of 70% of votes cast will be cast before the polls open on election day. And it's wrong. That's not an election. That's election month. Shouldn't be done that way. Governor McKee and the, the, the laborers, they're going all in for him. All in. And they're going to be throwing money around because they got a big payday coming if he can go over the finish line. 
All right, so this is uh, the race for cash. As well as campaign finances and looking for each of the candidates running for Rhode Island governor. And 12 News has learned that incumbent Governor Dan McKee is leading the way right now with a larger war chest than his other opponents in the Democratic primary. Kate Walsh is live in our studio with a look at the latest numbers. Well, Patrick and Danielle, these numbers were just released by the Board of Elections Tuesday night, and it shows that while the McKee campaign has raised the most money, Helena Folk's campaign continues to outspend the other candidates. So as of Monday night, the McKee campaign had 633000 dollars in the bank. Since July, he's spent $726,000 and raised $126,000 in that time. Our exclusive 12 News Roger Williams University poll found that McKee was most popular among voters, but when you consider the margin of error, Secretary of State Nellie Gravea is really neck and neck with him. Her campaign had $363,000 in the bank, but she spent $525,000 since the start of July and raised just over $100,000 in that period. Rounding out the top three in our poll, is former CBS executive Helena Folks, who has spent over $1 million since the start of July with $183,000 in her war chest still. Candidates Matt Brown and Daniel Munoz are polling in the single digits. Now, we're also looking at the Republican ticket. It isn't as crowded. Ashley Kayla spent $858,000 since July with $247,000 in the bank, mostly funded by her own money. And her opponent, Jonathan Richitelli, reported less than $250. Yeah, we have all the poll not, results right now on our website, race. WPRI.com, and we'll have much more with Joe Fleming yeah. in the studio in the next half hour. Live in the studio, I'm Kate Walsh, 12 News. Okay, good report. He's not a serious candidate. He's not a serious candidate. Folks, what, what I'm telling you right now is it's not going to be Gorbea. It's not going to be Gorbea. But let's just look. Hear me out. Right now it's 118. It's Wednesday. It's August 17th. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. The Channel 12 poll that I believe is accurate. Helena, folks, needs to knock McKee down. Dan McKee is at 28% in this poll. 28%. But on top of that, he got a little bump because of the commercial. Supposedly, he's up three now. But part of it is the commercial of and a governor who lives in his mother. I mean, they have got, she's got to start taking him down. McKee is the most locked in support. 43% percent of current McKee backers said they'll definitely vote for him. That's all the unions. Even fewer for Gorbean folks. Um, 36% won't change mine. 17% pretty unlikely. 42% say there's a good chance they'll change their mind. Outside groups affiliated with the laborers are pouring 500,000 in the race to help McKee over the finish line. What do you think that's all about? No bid, union contract jobs. That's what that is. Now, the Channel 12 debate is September 6th. That's late. That is late. 53% have a favorable view of McKee. Now, those are Democrat primary voters. 53%. He does not have that high approval amongst independents and Republicans. 23% have an unfavorable view of him. So, Helena, folks, she needs to jump into action and, like, immediately. 52% don't know who she is. She's got to knock him down. McKee can't be at 28%. Strike that. McKee should should not be at 28%. Folks has 14% with 21% undecided. Is there a path for her to win? Yes, there is. She'd have to grab a lot of the undecided, and she'd have to get some of the McKee people. He's got to come down. He's got to come down. The question is, of the undecided 21%, how how much of that can she grab? Maybe can, is Nellie, are people undecided on Secretary of State Nellie Gobea? They're not undecided on McKee. 
He can't get to 30%. He's trying to get to 30%. Folks, she needs to jump up 10 points to really put this thing in play. She needs to move within the margin of error. If Helena folks can get half of the undecided, it puts her within the margin of error. But they've got to start the negative ads on McKee. This is ridiculous. Governor McKee, folks, is just, he's giving away the state. I know he's the former mayor of Cumberland. But how come I'm not seeing ads talking about the FBI probe with him? How come we don't see ads talking about he gave all the state workers a $3,000 bribe to vote for him? His strategy, just keep doing these press conferences where he's giving out money. He's cutting all deals with unions, giving them whatever they want. The next two weeks is crucial for the folks campaign. Helena, folks, this is it. I mean, for crying out loud, it's Wednesday, August 17th. The primary is the 13th. Could she have a big final week possible? I think she's got to enter September, closing the gap. There's still time. There's time to close the gap. But that window is shrinking. Early voting starts next Wednesday. Today is the 17th. Let's go through the calendar. 24th is in one week. 31st is in two weeks. September 7th is in three weeks. September 14th is now four weeks away, and that, that's the day after the primary. Helena, folks, needs to move the needle. I think a big problem that she's facing is the fact that she's running in a Democrat primary. A big problem because she, she is just using all of those. They don't want to alienate the laborers, but she doesn't have the labor support. I'm seeing right now, three men charged in Block Island brawls plead not guilty. Channel 10 is the story. Some of the men accused during the ferry ride appeared in court on Wednesday. They all pled not guilty, walked out of the build, out of this building without cuffs on. Um, let me just find this. All three were released $1,000 bail back in court August 31st. And they do have their pictures. Let me play, uh, I'll play this piece. They just so show some of them coming out of court. They all walked out without cuffs on. Well, it's not like they've been held, I don't think. Have they been held this whole time? I don't think so. I don't, didn't expect them to walk out. <laughs> I didn't expect them to walk out and not, and be still in hand. What, they're walking out in handcuffs? All right, here we go. Fighting at a Block Island bar and during the ferry ride home appear in court today, they were part of a group arrested when the boat returned to port. NBC 10's Timmy Tobatalea is live in Wakefield with a story for us. Hey, Timmy. Yeah, Tamara, all three men pleaded not guilty and walked out of this building without cuffs on. What? Now, Why they appeared they? in court today because of fights that broke out at Ballard's Beach Resort and the Block Island Ferry a week ago. A week ago, Monday, excuse me, oh. Jacob Dorber, Michael Carvalho, wow. and Miguel Silva all appeared in Superior Court this morning. State police say seven people were arrested for fighting on the boat, and an eighth man, Jacob Dorber, was arrested for a fight at Ballard's. The judge expressed frustration that some of the defendants were not processed correctly during their first arraignment after their arrest. Again, Judge, I'd ask for PR on this matter. And I understand your procedure due to the fact that there is a warrant from Superior Court that he has to be held, but then he would be transferred over to Superior Court later this afternoon. Now, 
PR means personal recognizance. Um, they have been re released on $1,000 bail and will be back in court on August 31st. Now, we did get some video earlier of them coming out of court. More on what they had to say today, later at 5 o'clock, live in Wakefield. Timmy Topatalea, NBC. Wow. Well, at least she did her first story. Hmm. Okay, so she's learning. We're not going to pile on here. We're not going to pile on. 126. Outside cash now pouring into Rhode Island ahead of the primary. Do we have audio on this? No. I, I, I'll tell you, if McKee and Gorbea win, we are doomed. I mean, we may be doomed anyway, but uh, let me hear Joe Fleming break down that Channel 12 poll. The poll is... Is oh oh they also um is that when's that coming? I think in depth looking at the I the um when is that poll? The CD two race are they do they still have that as well? Is that coming out? That would be interesting. Let me hear this um piece, folks. And again, good afternoon at one twenty seven. Let me hear this is uh. Let's see. Listen, poll is continuing this morning with the pollster himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. What happened? Where's the pollster himself? I just had it. I apologize, folks. Here we go. Um, so that means Joe Fleming was in studio. And let's, uh, I want to ear this piece on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dpetro.com. This election is just going to be... Okay, here we go. Exclusive poll is continuing this morning with the pollster himself. <laughs> yeah, live in studio this morning is our political analyst, Joe Fleming. Good morning to you, Joe, and thanks for being here. My pleasure. All right, Joe, let's start with a little look at the results in the governor's race. Governor McKee, Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, they're essentially tied right. right now. Helena Folks has gained quite a bit of ground from yes. our uh, most recent poll. Mm -hmm. And other two candidates, Matt Brown, Luis Daniel Munoz, both in single digits. But the number that really stands out, I think, to everybody, including you, is the 21% that are still undecided. What does that mean? Well, it means the voters really haven't focused in, Patrick, at this point on this race. It's going to have been a lackluster governor's race this year. There has not been a lot of excitement, so I don't think it's really got the voters' attention right now. Mm. So you have a lot of voters who are undecided. You also have a lot, a lot of voters who said they could change their, their vote. They may be voting for one candidate now, but they said they could move over to another candidate. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So the poll did find a number of voters who said they may be backing a particular candidate right. now, but they could be shifting. So what do you make of that number, and what does this mean as we're heading into the final stretch. Again, that number was like 42%. Yeah. That's high. So it says to me that if some of these candidates get out there right now and come up with an issue that the voters can latch onto, they could move voters from one candidate to another because the support seems to be fairly soft right now for a lot of the candidates for governor. They haven't solidified their support. Mm -hmm. So overnight, uh, the McKee campaign announced the governor has the financial edge right now. We know cash is king when it comes right. to uh, campaigns with more than $600,000 in the banks. Helena Folks outspending everybody, it seems right now, going through more than a million dollars in the last months. So how important is that cash advantage for the governor right now over the next couple of weeks? Well, it's important for the sense that he can now buy all the TV ads that he needs to buy to get his message out there. You know, it's a very close race right now. He needs to tell his story. He needs to come up with a message that the voters can respond to and say, yeah, I want to keep Dan McKee working as governor of Rhode Island. So he has the resources right now to do that. That's very important going into the last 27 days. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Governor McKee, this, this issue could be kind of challenging for him. We're talking about the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium right. project. So $60 million of taxpayer money will be spent to build it. Mm -hmm. This poll found voters really are not necessarily on board. 44% telling us they oppose the plan. 35% support it. How about that? 19% say they're not sure. And as we know, the governor was the deciding vote in this plan here. So... The other candidates in the race, they've been critical, saying that it takes money away from other needs like affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So how did this come into play well, here? Well, again, right now the voters are saying they don't want the public financing. Yeah. And in turn, the other candidates are jumping on this because they see there's a chance here to really jump on Dan McKee and bring his numbers down that he's going the wrong way. I will not be surprised if you see some of these candidates try to tie this into 38 Studio, wow. saying there's another 38 Studio coming down the road. Mm. And also, there's a lot of opposition among uh, females and independent voters in this one issue alone. 
All right, Joe. Did you say 27 days? Both that. Wow. An interesting couple of weeks. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us. All right, folks. Again, that is uh, the channel. I I think that's pretty accurate. That is uh, Joe Fleming, the pollster on Channel 12. Things have to change dramatically. I also want to take issue, though, with them saying, I'm going to disagree with him on there hasn't been a lot of enthusiasm. It's kind of lackluster. I'm, I don't want to be a broken record. And again, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 1.31. It's Wednesday. It's Juan. If you have any questions or tuning in about the incident yesterday in Warwick, can go to the website, petro.com. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after um, this business that I, I, I still don't think they're addressing that the nature of how we're doing elections has changed dramatically. And hear me out. If you're a, a campaign, so much now has become collecting ballots and ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting. And I know people, if you saw the film 2000 Mules, you know what it is. Other people that have not seen it or you're unfamiliar with it, it's gone to another level. It's, it's not positive. It's wrong. We should not have it in Rhode Island. It should, um, it should absolutely uh, be done away with. They should not have it because it takes away from Election Day. And I know Dan McGowan was saying in 2020, a lot of people voted um, before the polls opened because... Because of COVID, but but people could go and vote for COVID. Excuse me, during COVID. So, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe mentioned he he has three different candidates sent him. If you need a mail ballot application, there's no way to police it. These those mail ballots start being dropped in the drop box starting next Wednesday. They're counted in real time. I need you to understand that when people think of mail ballots. They think of normally a close race, and then they go to mail ballots. If it's not a close race, then they don't go to mail ballots. So, but this, this is people are voting in real time. People are voting. When you vote next Wednesday, there's no difference of your vote counting Uh, compared with someone who votes on election day. That's different. They have destroyed it. It shouldn't be this way. I want to repeat, the opportunity for people to vote, vote multiple times is very strong. They don't have the proper mechanisms. So I'm going to tell you now, and I'm going to continue to explain to people, just so you understand what's going on, what this is all about, is the teams you have to look at is you have Nellie Gorbea, who is Secretary of State. She should not be Secretary of State. She controls the voting list. I believe she has access and information to the voting list that other people don't. I don't care what anyone says. No one knows more about ballots, voting lists than two people in this race. One is Nellie Gorbea. She is the Secretary of State. She can pawn things off on, oh, no, that's the Board of Elections. Oh, no, that's the Board of Canvassers. But her office controls a lot. And the most powerful thing that her office counts is who ends up on the voting list. Her office controls who ends up on the voting list. Now, her former chief of staff is running for mayor of Providence. You hear us mention him, Gonzalo Cuervo. The two people that are running that are most knowledgeable about the elections are Nelly Gorbea and her former chief of staff. I believe and been told they have a pact. You become the mayor, I'll become the governor. They're working together. They're going to pull the same votes out of Providence. It's all about getting people on to the voting list. There's no mechanism to kick people off the voting list. They control that. So you have Gorbea, Gonzalo Cuervo. Now, you have Dan McKee, Governor McKee, Lieutenant Governor Matos, his Lieutenant Governor from Oneyville. They're also paired up with James Diosa, and they're also paired up with the mayor of Pawtucket.
And McKee actually has the mayor of East Providence in his pocket as well, Mayor Bob De Silva. So the McKee team is Diosa controlling the Central Falls vote as the former mayor. Grabian doing pulling votes out of Pawtucket for McKee and De Silva pulling votes out of East Providence. That is the McKee strategy. He's got Matos as his lieutenant on the ground in Providence. Diosa is in charge of Central Falls. De Silva's pulling votes out of East Providence and Gradian out of Pawtucket. And that is how they're going to try to race to the finish line. So it's the battle between those two camps. That's what this is down to. But I'm going to come back to Nellie Gorbea. All she needs to do is stay close. All she needs to do is keep this close and have people say that, um, you know, she's been right there and leading. But Helena Folks has a decision to make in as soon as possible. The problem that I see for Helena Folks, format of CBS. By the way, folks, let me also say this. If someone's going to win that primary, and I'm voting in this primary, I am voting in this primary. I'm not voting in the Republican primary. I'm voting the Democrat primary. I am an unaffiliated voter, and I'm voting in this primary. The one person who does not have corruption next to their name, the one candidate that truly is an outsider and would do things that make sense, that is not tied in with any group, the one person is that Helena Folks. Helena Folks of that group would shake things up. Helena Folks is not who the insiders want. Helena Folks truly is an outsider. But Helena Folks, the problem is the problem is that she's been trying to run a traditional campaign. She's been trying to run a campaign that you would normally she can't do it. In order to pull this off, she's just got to she has got to let the bombs fly. She's got to knock McKee down. I believe that. This is my belief right now 138. If Helena folks if she if Helena folks if if she 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 has got to destroy she has to destroy Dan McKee and she needs to do it immediately. She can't have him walking. She can't have him walking around. He can't be an option. He cannot be an option if she wants to win. She's gotta, he's got to be the first casualty. And then she can worry about Nellie. I don't, be, and I'll tell you why. Because there's enough to take him out. He's been getting a free ride. That stadium deal is sleazy. The Superman building is sleazy. The guy is the subject of a blanking FBI probe. If Helena folks, she can over, she, I don't know if she can overcome Nelly because of the mail balloting. But the only way she's got a shot is she's got to destroy, she's got to tear down House McKee immediately. Boom. Let the bombs fly. And I get it. Here's why they don't do it. It's because then her negatives would go up. But, and then the fear is her negatives go up. McKee's negatives go up. And then Gorbea skates in. If she says, nope, I'm going to take down Nellie, I think that's a tougher one. I think Nellie's got problems with Matt Brown. Matt Brown voters are not going to McKee. But Matt Brown could take voters from Nellie. People that are with McKee are not going to Matt Brown. Matt Brown is trying to raise his profile. Helena Folks needs to help Matt Brown take down Nellie. But Helena Folks has got to destroy Dan McKee. And I just don't know what they're waiting for. Open it up. The guy is so ripe to be taken down. They got to blast him. She should hold a press conference and talk about the corruption, what's wrong with the Superman building deal, what's wrong with the stupid soccer stadium, which makes no sense. 
I don't know. The clock is ticking here, folks. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by AtMed Urgent Care. AtMed Urgent Care, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, also 5750 Post Road in East Greenwich. When you have an emergency, you want AtMed Urgent Care, cost-efficient health care alternative, diverse, wide-ranging, specializing in ambulatory medicine. AtMed Urgent Care, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, and trauma. They also offer physical exams, full laboratory services, and at AtMed Urgent Care, where you're seen in under an hour. They offer mononuclear antibody infusions. AtMed Urgent Care. That's where you want to go when there's an emergency. Well, folks, good afternoon. It is one. I am fine. I know the headlines sound a little alarming, and that's quite all right. Uh, I'm not going to say much ado about nothing because it was I was caught off guard. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to hide from it. We're going to deal with it in court of law. But right now, Rhode Island crime. John DePietro, Rhode Island radio talk show host, arrested for trespassing in Warwick, Boston Globe. John DePietro, an independent radio talk host, arrested facing a trespassing charge. Warwick Police Chief Brad Connor told The Globe he was arrested outside of Holman Staple Avenue on Tuesday. Home is connected to a woman went missing in May, Charlotte. Lester, known to frequent the home, previously searched by police. The connection to the home and the owner is still unclear. Lester's dog was found roaming a few miles away around Elmwood Avenue. Her red Toyota was found in the parking lot of Kent. DePietro, whose show ears on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM, WNRI, each weekday from 11 to 2, as well as online at DePietro.com, was live streaming on his Facebook page during the time of the arrest. DePietro told viewers he went to the home to continue to search for answers from the owner of the home, who he allegedly refused to offer any details of the meter disappearance, why work police treated his house as a crime scene for a month. Connor told the Globe DePietro was released with a summons to appear in court on September 1st. DePietro later posted a video on his Facebook page outside the work police station. Said Tuesday's arrest was his first, which it was. He claimed that while he approached the home, he saw owner Mark Perkins through the window. And he appeared to have been waving it to Petro. Petro thought Perkins was telling him to come up to the house. All true. Petro said, we will vigorously defend this attack on the press and court. Look forward to calling Mark Perkins as a witness at trial. Petro on his website. Charlotte Lester remains missing. We will continue our efforts to draw attention to the case. Petro said in the video he will plead not guilty. You're damn right. Lester remains missing. The family's hired a private investigator to look into her disappearance. You know, that is a very, very fair story. I have no bone to pick on that one. I do not. So, all right. So that happened. Um, and then, listen, there, there are, I'm not delusional. There are people that are not fans of the chosen one who have decided this would be a good time to start firing Shots at one. That's okay. Um, the search continues. Yesterday was the three-month anniversary because she went missing on May 16th. So we went there to draw attention to the case. And they we um, went there to continue our coverage of it. That's what it's all about. So that's that's what it is. That is that is absolutely what it is. And in in if there was some kind of a miscommunication, I, I was unaware that the media could be charged with trespassing. Um and, and we're gonna challenge that. Uh, the owner of the home was home. I could see him through the window. And we could see him outside. Um, I wanted to give him an ample opportunity. I thought he wanted to talk to me. That's why. That's why we were there. So. Uh, we're we're going to follow that out. Now, again, I did want to touch on it. We're not avoiding it. We. Um, want to address it head on and folks we will hey we have the defender of the faith
Attorney Tim Dodd. And I have it up. This remains the focus. Charlotte Lester is missing. Charlotte Lester is missing. That is the focal point. We're not going to be distracted or intimidated, especially by those covering for the misdeeds of others. I will also say that that the attitude and behavior of many of those neighbors is just I find it bizarre and odd and strange. I do. Is there a chance you're going to end up at Guantanamo Bay? (laughs) Thank you, John Waddington. I don't think I'm going to end up at Guantanamo. (laughs) Ah, We will continue to search for answers into the disappearance of Charlotte Lester. And we, we will, with Attorney Dodd, offer a vigorous courtroom defense. First witness, let's call... The owner of the home on the stand. I'll tell you, the Gladys Kravitz in that neighborhood is just off the charts. But um, yes, I agree with that, Sherry. Peaceful protest outside the house. I agree. It is nothing. Yes, thank you. Yes, Carol, that's right. Good. We have the date. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Um, Oh, that's a good idea. I should have had pamphlets of a candidate and then say that. No, no, I was very forthcoming. Very forthcoming. Um, So, I... I, um, but we're, we're going to challenge that. We're, we're, yes, something is wrong. Yes, exonerated. And I'd like someone saying, you mean that the charge will be dismissed? Well, either way, whatever. Um, it, 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 is, it is ridiculous. But I, I don't fault work, please, by the way. I, I want to reiterate that. Um, right the woman is missing and what they're worried about is you ringing the doorbell i agree with that thank you susan thank you. uh very much so thank you well that's a good point bobby one if you find the missing woman then that makes the police look bad you know i hadn't thought of that that is that's whatever happened to freedom of the press We will deal with it. Can you post visiting hours? <laughs> That's a good line. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. That's what it's all about, by the way. You know, I didn't see the body cameras, Albert Green. That is a good question. I didn't, I don't know about that. I didn't notice if they had them. They might have. I have no problem. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Work police had to do their job. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Block Island ferry fighters are all... Can you imagine that? The police made a mistake arresting them? It's just really hard to believe. Listen, it, I'll, t- I'll say this. People are once again, what's in the news? The Charlotte Lester case. It's exactly right. That's what people are once again talking about. So, no, I, um, we will continue to follow that case. You know, someone also said, you know, your obsession with the obsession. It's the first time, the first time that we have even touched on it because there hasn't been any real (laughs) news arrested for ding dong ditch. Essentially, Michael, yes, basically. Um, it is, it's not lost on me and it is somewhat comical that, um, that with all the illegals and all the crime in the state, um, that they decide to arrest the chosen one. So, 
At your show, you can report whatever you want. Obsession. We haven't talked about it in a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yet here you are. Thank you, Nancy. It has been a while. That's right. Well, we will. Um, yes is the answer to that. Who's, who wants an interview? Newsmax. Yes, I will do that. You know, that's a good point, Gregory. On the bright side, you're in street kids to party on Block Island. <laughs> you know, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. All right, yeah, I'll do an interview with Newsmax. Fine. It's the least I can do. Um, <laughs> I like that. That made me laugh. Very good. Street creds, the party on Block Island. What we deal with, folks. You know, there are times that I like social media. And then there's times that then you have to interact with various individuals. And then they just start coming out of the woodwork. Then they just start coming out of the woodwork is what happens. This, what does that say? Whoa. Hmm. Um, let's see. Who is speaking? An invite. 819. When is that? Um, it's Friday. Skills for Rhode Island Futures hosting a graduation. Oh. No, I'm not going to that. <laughs> um, but thank you for the invite. Thank you for the invite. Very kind of you. All right. This point, 152. Where am I? Who am I? This portion of the program, Providence Journal. Is it true you went in through a back window? Uh, no, I was not inside the house. Everyone is requesting the body cams of my arrest from the Warwick police. But why? How is that even a thing? I am so glad that Channel 12 has said that, no, yeah, Channel 12 not going to allow that Dr. Daniel Moniz to debate. They're only going to have the top people. Hey, the guy's at 2%. I mean, come on, give me a break. That is That is ludicrous. So... I am um, I am glad to hear that. Let me just check. Um, by the way, on Friday's program, you're going to hear the interview I did with Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort of the uh, he was he ran the campaign the summer of 2016 for President Trump. He was the one they had him in leg, leg shackles and the FBI raided his home. Uh, Paul Manafort joins the program on Friday. So I uh, heard from our friend Peter Navarro. Nice message from him, Juan. Keep your, keep your chin up. Thank you, Peter. Down and out of Wyoming, Cheney reloads on Trump mob. I just don't see what that gets her, as a matter of fact. This is interesting, some headlines. Pence tells MAGA stop lashing at FBI. I agree with that. Considers testifying before the January 6th, 6th committee. 911 calls reveal security breaches at Mar-a-Lago. First, I've heard of that. Garland raid only first inning. Now, that's frightening. I think it's interesting they want to talk with the White House attorneys. NFL's first openly gay active player to rejoin the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, let's see. Couple busted for sex in a Ferris wheel in Ohio. Uh, Rudy's got some problems. We'll go through that with Attorney Tim Dodd tomorrow. Um, Willie Nelson's long encore. As he approaches 90, even brushes with death can't keep him off the road. I didn't know that. Willie Nelson is still touring and he's 90 years old. Uh, America's wealthiest took millions from PPP. Yeah, Brady, the Kardashians, Kanye, and Pelosi's husband. They, they need to go after those people that took the PPP money. Here we go. Texas School District 
orders removal of Anne Frank's diary. Terrible. Jews across USA harassed with wave of anti-Semitic letters. Hey, a lot of that comes from the left, by the way. No doubt. It does. Work Beacon, are you available for an interview? Uh, no, actually. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe. D-E-P-E-T-R-O. Uh, we have some good memes up on Facebook. I guess I could get them on the website, petro.com. The, 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 um, our trial has been moved. I will be in court. Um, the media is saying Thursday, September 1st. It's been moved to Thursday, September 8th. The Thursday before the primary. So we'll have more details on that. Um, folks, and I want to be very clear. Listen, I'm not making, well, we're kind of making light of it. I mean, for crying out loud, it's trespassing. Um, I, I was surprised. That was certainly not the intention. Um, I went to the house to do a live stream on the three month that Charlotte Lester was missing. That's why we were there. And the owner of the home happened to be there. I saw him waving it at me through the window. So if it was some misunderstanding, nail me to a cross for crying out loud. So I don't fault work police. They were doing their job. Um, and then we will hash this out in court. With Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd, who's already on the case, who has already entered himself as my legal representation on the case. So, all right, we'll deal with it. Minor inconvenience. Um, no, I'm not making, I, I, I'll tell you what. The worst part is if work police could have been somewhere else doing something. And that was certainly not my intent. So, seems to be a misunderstanding. I'm also a member of the press. Every time a reporter goes up to a house, the person can say no trespassing. That doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right. Folks, we're going to we're going to offer a vigorous defense. We're going to get this dismissed. I've never had a record. I don't plan on having one. Channel 12 local talk personality faced John DePietro faced trespassing charge. The city's police chief confirmed Chief Bradford Connor tells 12 News DePietro was tackled and arrested outside a home on Staples Avenue. That is not true. I was not tackled. No, it doesn't say that. DePietro had been live streaming a video on his Facebook page at the time. Well, that's true. Home appears to be the same one that was searched back in May. Connection with the disappearance of Charlotte Lester. Boy, they got the investigative unit on this one. Yes, they do. All right. It's 1.59. And I will be doing... Facebook Live later. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. If you would like to, you can go to the website, petro.com. We have some information there. I want to be very clear. This is a misdemeanor. We fully expect this to be dismissed and cleared. I cooperated. I did the right thing. But I do not expect this to stick. It is a misdemeanor, but we want to get it cleared, and we will get our day in court. All right, I want you to enjoy this Wednesday. Got a little bit of rain last night. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. Again, we're back on the radio tomorrow at 11, and you can uh, catch me Facebook Live. We'll definitely be doing it later, and you can see some of our videos. WNRI, Winsocket.